0: We should finish off our section of Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, the introduction to the spiritual armor. Our question here tonight is, how do you know that you have done all you need to do in the area of spiritual warfare? Paul says here, having done all, to stand. And that will be our focus here tonight. We want to understand, well, in order to understand this, we're going to be looking at four main words, four key words, as well as some other Uh, minor ones along the way, we're going to be looking at take up, withstand, having done, and the word stand. The whole verse reads like this, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. The rest of the words, of course, also help us in understanding this. We're going to be taking a look at this battle, as he wraps up this this section here, is this stand that he speaks of before the battle, in the battle, or after the battle? And is this stand we take after we have done all we know to do, and the victory still hasn't come to us yet? So these are the questions we want to take on as we look at this verse. Last week, we were looking at the word against. The enemy does not just come against us in an unfriendly way, but also in friendly ways. And we looked at four different battles in the word of God. Adam in the garden, Abraham with the promise, David inspired to go against Israel, and Jesus rebuking Peter. We didn't even take a look at the uh, time when Jesus was facing off with the devil in the wilderness. But of course, in the temptations, there's no clanging of swords no banging of armor. There, is, there are thoughts, there are suggestions, and each of, these things, each of these battles we saw was a spiritual battle, but what came against them was people, thoughts, and natural things. This is where the spiritual battles take place. Since they take place in people, thoughts, and natural things, he warns you, don't get distracted, don't be thinking that your battle is flesh and blood, there's something more behind it but where it manifests is flesh and blood. The word for against was the word pros, uh, uh, which means to get close to. And we looked at uh, many of the ways that this was used in the Word of God, so certainly not all of them. In verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we know better what that word against is meaning. He then goes on here, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So we're going to take each one of these on. In some of the instances, I gave you some of the references I'll be using. And uh, I think one or two of them, I just left you a blank line. You can just write down whatever ones you want to in there. But this word for take up, it comes from the Greek word ana lambano, which means to take up or to take on board. Ana is, is a word that means upward or up and denotes motion from a lower place to a higher place. Lambano is to take with the hand, lay hold of any person or thing in order to use it to take in order to carry away without the notion of violence, i.e. to remove, take away, to take what is uh, one's own, to take oneself, to make one's own, I'm sorry, to take to oneself, to make one's own, to take, to choose, to select. Uh, I wrote down some of the times that, I, this is one of the ones I believe I left blank, but I wrote down some of the times that this is, that you will see this. And in Mark chapter 16, and verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. He was received up. That word received up is our word here, analambano. He was received up. He was received up into a higher place. Acts 1.2, Acts 1.11, and Acts 1.22, along with 1 Timothy 3.16, all use this word in all in relationship to Jesus Christ being taken up in the heaven. In Acts 7.43, you also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. So they took something that was in a lower position, these idols, and they, they took them up, they raised them up. Acts 10.16, this was done three times, speaking about the vision with Peter, and the uh, uh, cloth that was lowered down to him, that had all the the meats and things, all the unclean things. This was done three times, and the object was taken up in heaven, into heaven again. Acts 20, and verse 13 and 14, Then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Assos, there intending to take Paul on board. For so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Assos, we took him on board and came to uh, Medellin, Acts 23 and 31, Then the soldiers, as they were commanded, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. Ephesians 6.16, We're going to get into this when we get into the armor, not so much tonight. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 11, Only Luke is with me. The word get here, get Mark, and bring him with you. That is our word. So in all these situations, when we see this word being used it's used of jesus being taken up and taken into heaven it's used of picking up paul and putting him onto a ship and carrying him out it's used of situations where you pick someone up and you bring them along but it is never used in such a way as to put something on and then take something off and then put something on and then take something off it is used in such a way as to take to oneself something, and take possession of it, hold on to it, it's yours. Paul was not disembarked from the boat after they picked him up, and then picked up again while they're out at sea. That wouldn't be very good to do. Jesus was not called up into heaven, and then returned, and then called up into heaven, and then returned. The people who interpret this this Bible verse here as put on the whole armor of God that every morning you need to put on. Do not understand what the Greek is saying. What the Greek here is saying is you need to take this on. You need to bring this into yourself. You need to take it from, and basically this word analambano, take something from a lower state to an upper, to a higher state. If you're going to take something to yourself, the armor that you have would be considered to be in a lower state because it is unused. You take it to yourself and then you use it. This is what this word word is talking about. So when he says, let's read it again, therefore take up the whole armor of God. Take it up. Not put it on and then put it off. Take it up. Take it up. Take possession of it. Own it. This needs to be yours. This needs to be with you. There is nothing in this word to suggest that once you take it up, you ever put it down. It is there, it is yours. I read you the the different places where this word is used, because I wanted you to see all the different ways, it's used a total of 13 times in the New Testament. I read them for you. Five times it is in reference to our Lord's ascension. Five of those 13. So this is not about arming for a battle when it comes up. It's about putting something on daily. If you were to put on the the armor Before a battle, that means you know when the battle is coming. But in the previous verse, he says you are coming against principalities. You are coming against things that you may or may not perceive as unfriendly. They will present themselves as friendly. And we looked at some of the examples in the scripture where this was done so. They presented themselves as friendly, but they were not. The Pharisees tried to present themselves as friendly, but they were not. The serpent tried to present himself as friendly, but he was not. So we can't just take for granted that just because somebody presents themselves as friendly, they they are. They may not be. So your armor must be on at all times. You need to take it up and keep it there. Now he uses the word here, whole armor. That is the word panoplia. It means exactly that. That whole whole armor comes from this one word. It means full or complete armor. The only other time outside of here in Ephesians where this word is used is over in Luke chapter 11 and verse 22. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. So here, if a stronger than he is going to come along, the armor needs to be removed. If the devil is going to knock you off, if he's going to take your stuff, he's got to get your armor removed. We're going to take a look at that as we get into the armor. Keep that part in mind, though. The enemy is going to try and disarm you because you are not as formidable of an opponent if he can get that off. Let's go on here to our next word, withstand. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. The Greek word that is translated withstand is the Greek word anthistemi. Anthistemi. Now, if you uh, are looking at the Greek letters, usually I wipe them out, but I do notice that I misspelled it in the Greek. It's fun spelling these things in the, in the Greek letters because you have to spell them with English letters. They translate over into the, the right ones. Then I, I uh, didn't type in the right one there for that one, but it's, if you uh, recognize that, it's not supposed to be a, a uh, tau, a n t it's supposed to be a, a TH sound in there, and that all comes from one letter. But that's all just in, insignificant stuff. This is the word, and this to me, if it sounds at all familiar, it is because in this word is the Greek prefix word that we looked at last time, anti. Anti will sometimes be trans- translated, and and this, it will sometimes put that onto the... uh, uh in, into the beginning, depending upon how the, the Greek word to are it up to ends as well. So, it means, anthistomy means to set oneself against, to withstand, to resist, to oppose, to set against. Well, I put oppose in there twice. That wasn't so uh, so necessary. It is from, as we said, anti, and To and isthomy means to cause or make to stand, to place, put, Set in the presence of others in the midst before judges, before members of the Sanhedrin. Sometimes this word would be used when the the apostles would be placed in the Sanhedrin for trial or for uh, examination. To make firm, fixed, established, to cause a person or a thing to keep his or its place. To cause a person or a thing to keep his or its place. So that you may be able to withstand, that you may be able to keep your place, that you may be fixed and established, that you may be made firm, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. It is an especially common word to be used in battles. Many of the historians who wrote in the Greek language would use this in reference to battles. anthistomy. It is usually it usually has a middle voice meaning of to defend oneself or to resist for oneself. Most of the time we see it in the in the scriptures. It is in the active voice two times. It's in the middle voice, but it seems like it carries the middle voice meaning no matter what. In Matthew five thirty nine, here's one place where we see it. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to the Turn the other to him also. Now remember your battle is not against flesh and blood. The resistance isn't to the flesh and blood the resistance is to the forces that are behind it. Your battle is not against flesh and blood but it's the flesh and blood that comes against you that you see first and foremost. Don't be distracted by that is what Paul was warning here. Luke 21:15For I give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. That is our word there. Acts 6.10 And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Now they wanted to. They desired to, to resist this wisdom, but they couldn't do it. Everything in them, they, they, they put their best effort forward. They thought, they uh, came up with ideas, arguments, but nothing would come against this wisdom. They couldn't resist it. Acts 13 and verse 8. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. He's trying to keep them in the place where they are, where they are subject or at least uh, somewhat submitted to him and go along in the direction he wanted and to keep them from moving off that place. He withstood the apostles. Galatians 2 and verse 11. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Well, Peter had come in and he had gotten moved off of where he was supposed to be, where he had been, and Paul was not going to be moved by this. He withstood Peter to his face. This is that word again that is used. In 2 Timothy 3.8, Now as uh, Janes and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. They come. In, the truth is trying to move them in a direction that they should go. They're resisting it. No, we want to hold our place here. We want to stay in the area of untruth. We don't want to move over into these other other areas. And so they they resist it. They right now you're seeing a, a whole lot of this in this uh, uh, this whole battle of can uh, men get pregnant, which is so ridiculous. I, I I just am amazed that we can even have this battle, but apparently we do. And it even made it flight way to the uh, floor of the Senate. And uh, Josh Harley, I think his name was, um, I, I, I put up a video. I watched a video of him. He was questioning this one uh, uh, professor from uh, one of the more prestigious, uh, outside in California, Berkeley, 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 I think it is. She was there. I mean, you listen to her. She has no idea how foolish she sounds. But the uh, question that he asked her was, uh, are, are women the only one that can get pregnant? And, you know, she was not going to answer this thing. And as he pressed her, uh, and didn't really press her that hard, but as he asked her some questions in this, she she came out and accused him of causing harm to the people. Now, anybody see that, that interview? That uh, She said, yeah, I want you to know, I want the senator to know that the language that you're using brings harm to the, the people that we're trying to defend. He said, you mean I can't ask questions? I can't ask you a question? Can a woman, is a woman the only one who can have a baby? and it's a it's amazing that they can't be they're in a completely ridiculous stance. I mean, who would have thought five even five years ago that we would have ever argued that men can have babies? I mean, if you want to do enough operations, maybe that can happen, but um it's not going to happen normally. And you don't need a PhD. You don't need any kind of a medical degree to know that women are the one that have babies, and men are not the one that have babies. And that is the most simple thing to, to come to. And it seems like such a basic area of truth, yet it's being challenged by these idiots that have all these degrees after their name, who feel like, well, no, we need to. Uh, there's a there's there's a trans man, and then there's uh, trans women, and then there's people that are that have operations, and that are uh, no, you're born male, you're born female. I saw one of those things a long time ago. It's amazing that the people who study bones, you know, and they go out there and they, they dig all these things up, they never find the bones of anyone except for a male or a female. That's it. They don't find anything else. But it's um, it's amazing how incredibly stupid they are. So they will resist, and it's going on now, there are a lot of people, they resist being moved over to the simple truth of of man and woman, of who has babies and who doesn't have babies. We got moved off of what marriage was. We got moved off of who should use what restrooms. All these things were getting moved off of these things. And now that they're, they feel like they have gotten some freedom in there, well, we just need to, to not be moved off of this, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. Every time I hear these things, I think of that story. Anybody remember that story, The Emperor's New Clothes? I so much think about these, these people. These people want to go around. They were born a woman, but they want to say I'm a man. They were born a man, but they want to say I'm a woman. Um, the emperor's new clothes, and he's going around naked because uh, he, he, the, the clothes that they made were invisible, but they're beautiful, and everybody put, he put them on. Everybody said, oh, they're beautiful, they're beautiful. And um, the little boy just spoke up and said, how come he has no clothes on? Now, Janes, Janes, and Jambres resisted Moses. They resisted it. They wanted to go in a particular direction that was false. And Moses is bringing them back. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. 2 Timothy 4.15 You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. There's a resistance to the words. We see that same kind of battle in just these areas that we were just talking about. They're just words, but there's great resistance to them. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's a well-known scripture for us, but that word there for resist is the exact same word that Paul uses in our scripture. First Peter 5.9 Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So this word here, resist, has this meaning to withstand, to set oneself against, to resist, or to oppose. To resist or to oppose. Fourteen times it's used in the New Testament if I didn't say that to you. Let's read that scripture again in 13. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That you may be able take up the whole armor of God that you may be able, the word there, may be able, is the Greek word dunamai, be able to, have power to do, have capacity for. So, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Is that not saying to us that apart from taking up the whole armor of God, that you will not be able to withstand in the evil day. If I don't have the armor of God, if I have not taken the armor of God up, then I will not be able to stand in the evil day. So, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And as the whole armor of God, there's no specialist. There's no sword specialist. There's no face or shield specialist. There's no helmet specialist. There's no shoe specialist, you need to have the whole armor of God. Each one of us needs to have it. It's available to each one of us. Each one of us should have it. Each one of us can take it up. And if you do so, you will be able to withstand in the evil day. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, what this means here, this word here, evil day, this comes from the Greek word pernicious. It is an evil that seeks harm. It's an evil that is not content with being evil itself. No, we must go out and make other people evil. We must bring other people into this evil, which is very much what we see here now. It is not the first time that we've seen this in the earth. We've seen it many, many times. I am not content... To just do the evil of abortion. I need to bring everybody into it. By bringing in our tax monies into it. They're taking our money. And using it for something that is evil. By making it unpopular. To stand against it. I just uh, just read a story. Uh, one of the coaches in the NFL. Uh, not in the NFL. I'm sorry, He went over to college. Uh, Harbaugh. He... Uh, He's a, I think he's a coach for Michigan, one of the Michigan teams. Michigan State, Michigan University, one of them. He's he's up there. Uh, he made a he made a speech at a pro life rally, and so now they're after him for his job because he made a speech at a pro life rally. So you can't have any other opinion except for the one that they have. So this is where that pernicious evil comes in. We are not content to just be evil ourselves. We must spread this evil to others. We must push it upon others, and some have accepted it. I heard uh, one person uh, speaking that there's a lot of churches, and apparently some very well-known people who head up these churches, who are very uncomfortable and very upset that the Supreme Court made the decision that they did. I, I don't even know how you can do that. But there's pressure that is, that is on these, these people. There's pressure on denominations. And some denominations have decided that we will accept gay and lesbian marriages. And they will even marry them in the church. And so then they went on from there. And now we will accept gay priests and gay pastors and lesbian priests and lesbian pastors or whatever denomination that they're in. And this is all going to be okay because the pressure is there. And some churches will give in to it, and some churches will, will go along with this. Uh, we won't do that here, but there are some people that will come along and, and do that because they don't want the pressure. See, this is the pernicious evil. Again, it's not new. It's not something that has just happened now. This is an evil that is not content with just doing evil things. It must spread to other people. It must inflict other people. It must force itself upon other people. And as soon as you see that attitude to where we must force this, there is evil behind it, regardless of the cause. When Constantine first got his born-again experience, had his little vision that he, that he had, and he insisted, everyone in the kingdom is now going to be Christian. That's wrong. That's not how you make Christians. You make Christians by people deciding, I'm going to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once he did that, that allowed evil to get into the church, the, and and boy, did it ever! You had such horrendous evil that inflicted the the uh, leadership of the of the church, the church that he started, the church that he started there for Rome. Uh, eventually, became known as the Catholic Church um, in the Middle Ages. That was a very dark time. Not saying the Catholic Church of today is anything like what it was in the Middle Ages. That was um, that was pretty. Most of the Catholics even today don't like what was going on there. But they were pushing evil upon the people, even though they're supposed to be a religious organization. An organization is supposed to be pushing the Word of God and doing good things. So we've seen this in the past in history. We will continue to see it as the Lord continues to delay His coming. But this is that kind of evil. So when we come against principalities and powers, when we come against these things that He listed in verse 12, and they approach themselves in a friendly way sometimes, not always in a negative way, sometimes in a friendly way, when they approach, eventually there will come an evil day, a day when the evil that is in them will be exposed and will be thrust upon us. But he says, you can withstand it if you take on the whole armor of God. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. The word here, having done, is having done is one word in the Greek. It is a combination word. And it means to accomplish, achieve, bring about, work out, or result in. 24 times we see this word used in the New Testament in 23 total verses. And of those 24 times, Paul uses it 21. 21 of those times, Paul is the one who is using this this word. Generally speaking, when you're looking at this word, more emphasis is placed on the end result of the action rather than the actual act or work itself. Whenever this word is employed, there is an action, there is something that is going on, but the focus on the is on the end result. So when this word means accomplish, achieve, bring about, work out a result in, we're looking more at what comes at the end result, not so much the work that was involved to get there. We acknowledge there was work that was involved to get there. There was effort that had to be involved to get from here to there. But what the main emphasis is, is what actually happened here. Romans 2.9. Tribulation and anguish on every soul of a man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. So you can see here, tribulation and anguish, that's the end result, are on every soul of man who does, who, um, word there we just translated does, or who accomplishes, who achieves, who brings about, who works out evil. Romans 4 and 15, because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. The law brings about, the word there brings about is what we get from this word, For, because the law brings about wrath. The focus of this, though, is the wrath that comes. The action is the bringing about, but the focus that this word is be, is pointing to is the wrath. Romans 5.3, and not only that, but we also, glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. All right, there's a there's a production. There's something that goes on. There's tribulations and things happen in those tribulations. We understand there's an action. There's something that's happening in these tribulations. But the end result, the perseverance, is what is important. Romans 7, 8, 7, uh, sorry, 7, verse 8, 13, and 18. We're going to read all three of these. But sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. So sin taking opportunity by the commandments. Saw the commandment, took opportunity, and then it produced in me all manner of evil desire. I didn't want to sin until I knew I shouldn't do this. And then I wanted to sin. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me. So the producing is what this word is talking about, but the end result is the death. That is what the focus of this is. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells for to will is present with me but how to perform what is good i do not find how to perform is our word here but it is the what is good that is the focus romans 15:18 i will not dare to speak of any of these of, of any of those things which christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the gentiles obedient there are two words here that are translated this christ has not accomplished the word not is a word by itself, but has accomplished, is all come from this particular word. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. There's the obedience there at the end. Second Corinthians 4.17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly external weight of glory. The glory that is to come, the thing that is in the future, this is what's the focus, but it is the working that he talks about here. 2 Corinthians 5 and 5. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. He who has prepared, that word has prepared us, has prepared, that is our our word here. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as, as a guarantee. He has prepared us for this thing. There's a preparation process, but the thing that we are being prepared for is the focus. Philippians, there's a purpose for all this. Purpose 2, I'm sorry, Philippians two twelve. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out, that's our word, your own salvation with fear and trembling. The fear and trembling are what's in mind. The process is the working out. James 1.3 Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The process is the testing of your faith. But it's that process that produces our focus, patience. 1 Peter 4, three, For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. The focus is the will of the Gentiles. That is the end result. That is the end product that we're doing. The word doing is the word that is done here. Now, when we get to the word all, let's um, let's read our text here again, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done. Having done what? Having done, that word is, there's a process that is involved with an end result. It has the end result in mind. So while we read so many of these, I want you to see how um, how strong this was in there. The word there for all is a f- is somewhat of a word that we are familiar with, but a little bit different. The word is hapas. We are familiar with the word pas, p-a-s, which is the word that means all. But every once in a while, you see this word hapas, and I tried to get the difference between these two. Um, In the Bible, uh, 44 times total this word is used, 35 by Luke. Only twice does this word occur in the epistles, once by Paul and once by James in chapter 3 and verse 2. Generally speaking, this word, hapas, with the article, I didn't get the same thing, same definition out of the word pas, but when we're using the word hapas, Generally speaking with the article the whole the entire is what is in mind. Generally speaking when this word comes with the article it is looking at the whole or the entire without the article it means every everybody or all. In this particular instance it does not have the article which means this word will be talking about as far as all is concerned every everybody, or all. That would mean that there is a particular list, a particular uh, group of people, in which when we bring in this word, we are including everything in that list or every person in that group, to give you an idea there. The word there for stand, we covered this just a little bit in one of our compound words we had before, is the Greek word histamine, stand, stand firm, place firmly established, set and confirm. It is used over 150 times in the New Testament. We are not going to go through that many of them. But I want you to get a feel of these four main words because those four main words are going to help us understand what this scripture is getting at and how we can answer those questions we started with in the beginning. In Luke chapter 11 verse 18, if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? That word there for stand is our Greek word histemi. How will his kingdom stand? How will it be established? How will it survive? How will it continue on? Romans 3 and verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. We estab- The law is established or the law stands on these things again the meaning of the word is to stand to stand firm place firmly establish set confirm 1 Corinthians 10:12 therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall you may think you are established you may tell yourself i'm firmly set but you can fall cuz you're only telling yourself that you have not actually firmly established yourself second Corinthians 13 and 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. You cannot set about to find out the truth of a situation on the basis of one person's testimony. That's gospel. That's in the Bible. That's the precedent that God has set. Every word shall be established by two or three witnesses. Well, what if you can't get two or three witnesses? Then move on. You can't get that thing established. Now, let's go and try and take on some of these questions here. First up, looking at this, this verse, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand is the end result of the process that having done is talking about. All is talking about a list of everything. There's no people that are involved here. So what this is looking at is a list of things. And we need to do everything that is there. So, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all the things to stand. That's basically what that is is meaning there. So, take up, don't put it down. Get the complete armor, the whole armor. Don't be a specialist. That you can stand against, resist, and not give way to the evil when it appears. The day will come when the evil will appear. That you can stand against, Resist and not give way to the evil when it appears. The evil is going to come around you pretending to be friendly. At times, it will pretend to be friendly. Sometimes it won't pretend to be friendly. Sometimes it will come against you in a negative way to try and pressure you. But sometimes the people that are close to you, Peter with Jesus was was one of the examples. People that are close to you, the enemy is going to try and use against you. David was used against Israel, just in the examples that we were looking. And having achieved or accomplished all these things discussed here, continue to be standing in the end. Now, he's, we didn't take on this word, but in Ephesians 6:13, therefore take up the whole armor of God on the basis of this, on the basis of what? That we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, since this is what our battle is about, our battle is against these spiritual forces, not flesh and blood. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. The armor of God is not there for flesh and blood battles. It is there for battles dealing with spiritual forces that are behind the flesh and blood people that are in your face. The ones that are sneaking around trying to get the advantage of you. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Weish translates this this way. Just looking at verse 13. On this account, take to yourself at once and once for all the complete armor of God in order that you may be able to resist in the day, the pernicious day, in having achieved all things to stand. Now to me, the things accomplished or achieved is the list of things to come. The armor of God. He hasn't gone over it yet. Now why do I say that? Let's read the whole passage here. Starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What is it, according to this verse, in verse 11, what is it that causes you to be able to stand, and it is the exact same word that we saw, and we just looked at, histamine. What is it that causes you to stand according to verse 11? Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So, if you just looked at verse 11, the way that you stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil is through the armor of God. So, without the armor of God, is there any standing? No. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Keep your mindset on where our battle is. It's principalities, it's powers, it's rulers of the darkness of this age, it's spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are who our battle is against. Therefore, on the basis of these things, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. What produces the stand? The armor of God. So, since we know from verse 11, it is the armor of God that causes us to stand when he says that you may be able to withstand an evil, evil day and having done all to stand, that having done all is to accomplish taking up the whole armor of God. For which he is then going to spend a few verses talking about what the whole armor is. But he's already established that you need to take on the whole armor. There is a whole. There is a complete armor there. And you need to accomplish all that. All that is in that armor. All that is in the list of that armor. You need to accomplish it. Bring it into your life. You need to take it up. It needs to be yours. It needs to be taken up for the purpose of using it. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. For many years, I've always heard this taught that what this is talking about is that you are in a spiritual battle. And when you use all the weapons that you have and you continue to fight, And have not yet secured the victory. That what you are to do is to stand. How many have ever heard that? The impression I have always gotten from these people that teach this is that I am fighting, I am fighting, I am fighting with the armor. I'm not accomplishing the victory. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what the Word of God says and I am just going to basically quit fighting and stand. I'll stand on the promise. I'll stand on the uh, assurance that I have from God that I'll come through, but I'll just stand. I don't think that that instruction is correct. The reason is because of the way this verse is phrased. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Having done all, Having done all in taking up the entire, the whole armor of God. Remember that word all without the article is talking about every, the whole. That you would take that whole armor of God and put it upon yourself. That when you do that and you have done all the things to bring the whole armor of God into your life, taking it up, you will be able to stand. This verse is not talking about what happens when you battle the enemy with all the spiritual armor and do not achieve victory go ahead and just keep on standing that is not what it's talking about and you can't find a single person who does that in the word of god but what you do see is that people who continue to fight the battle who continue to pull the armor in and put that armor on keep that armor i am i have the armor i am not going to let this armor go And you continue to stand your ground. You continue to not be moved. I am not going to get moved off of this. I am not going to give in to thinking that my God is behind this. I am not going to begin to give in that my God has some purpose in causing this kind of a thing to come against me. James, do not let anyone say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God. For God does not tempt any man with evil. These are the things that we, that we have. So let's read this all again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not your might, His. If you are strong in the power of His might, are you losing the battle? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It is the armor of God, the whole armor of God that causes us to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Now, these schemes that the devil uses, they will involve flesh and blood people. So he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The schemes the devil uses will involve people. They will involve natural things. They will involve thoughts. This is where the spiritual battles are fought. People, thoughts, and natural things. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, having done the whole, having done all the things that are the whole armor of God to stand. In other words, this, if you take on the whole armor of God and keep that with you, to where you are fighting the battle with the whole armor of God, you will stand. You will not get knocked down. You will not get moved off of your position. You will be able to stay right there. That is what he's talking about here in this. And now he's going to begin to talk about the armor of God. What is the armor? How is this armor going to to help us? And again, all through this we have seen i talking about a spiritual battle that is taking place, but shows itself as a natural battle. So we have to understand the armor in exactly the same way. The armor is there to equip us for a spiritual battle that will appear to be a natural one. So we have to understand the armor in that way. So as we begin to take this on, that's how we're going to begin to look at it. And next week we'll have our, our first look at the the different pieces that are there. And I don't know, I haven't really been able to spend too much time on it. Whether we'll st- spend one week on each piece, uh, I assume it's probably going to be that way, but you know, we'll, we'll go on through here and we'll, we'll see that. Father, we thank you that you have equipped us that we are able to stand in the battle. We do not have to fold. We do not have to lose our, our place, but we can become firmly established and we shall not be moved. Because the things that the armor gives us equip us to fight those things, those spiritual forces that come behind the people, the thoughts, and the natural things that are presenting themselves to us in this spiritual battle and in this spiritual warfare. So we thank you for the understanding that you give us in these. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.